Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running and starting a record label. Today's episode is with a great new label called Substitute Scene. You can find out more about this label by going to substitutescene.com. I've been practicing saying that um, those two words together. It's a bit of a tongue tongue tie, tongue twister. Anyway, um, exciting episode, and, and thank you so much for listening, and thank you for subscribing and following along with the podcast. It's so much fun. I have such a blast doing this, and I've, I have such a blast talking with labels of all different sizes, especially new labels, and not just uh, on the show, but also in our Facebook community and, and through emails. If, if you haven't already, make sure to go to our website, otherrecordlabels.com. And specifically, if you are thinking about starting a record label or if you're, you know, in the process, you are running a record label, uh, you can download our free toolkit by going to otherrecordlabels.com slash toolkit. And in there, I've put a bunch of things like a workbook and a, and a checklist and a sample recording contract and, and some accounting forms and just a bunch of things that maybe give you a better idea of how um, people run their labels or if you're thinking about starting a record label, um, how you can uh, start a record label. So go to otherrecordlabels.com slash toolkit. I feel like I'm saying the word record label a lot, but that's the that's the whole point of it. Enjoy this episode. There's so many labels out there. <laughs> it's crazy. I know, really. <laughs> it's good though. For real. I, I, think it's, I think it's good to have lots of people kind of bringing up the scene together. Yeah, I feel like, you know, like the select few that used to be able to are certain types of people. And I feel like, you know, now that everyone can kind of more easily do it, you know, you had different voices coming out. I think it's super cool. Yeah. And also gives you, it gives you endless podcasts. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's the only benefit of it, I think. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a really good point, actually. I hadn't really thought about that, but there was so much gatekeeping going on and really it was just like, there was a label and it was like a handful of labels and they decided what comes out. And and even, you know, Spotify and Apple Music, as much as it's problematic, it it certainly does level the playing field that we can get our music, you know, into the stores Absolutely. in the same yeah. way, you know. We, we could never do that before. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, a new set of gatekeepers for sure, but like the true. way we can pitch directly, and stuff is <laughs> yeah. like, you know, yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, what's the name of the label means? Substitute scene. Oh, it's an Elliot Smith reference. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it means a lot of things. It's from the song Waltz XO number two. And I feel like a lot of, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people are like, Elliot Smith, you know, changed the way I saw music, but that's true of me. And sure. It, you know, and you know, substitute scene can mean a lot. Like, you know, you substitute your substitute your favorite artist all the time, or your the new song that comes out that you're into is like a substitute of the old one, or even just like the scene. You know, in Brooklyn where I'm at, like this mom might be a little bit different because you know who's part of it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, I actually like I gave it my own meaning. Like when I heard it, and I was like, well, I mean, I just assumed like something, and then I, so I was kind of curious. But that is kind of cool that people can have their own interpretations. Yeah, totally, you know, like music. I yeah, <laughs> exactly. I have never um I've tried so hard to do the Elliot Smith thing and I have a friend who's um you know, Elliot Smith changed his life as well and had a huge impact on him and we had um Kill Rock Stars on the show was like our second episode and that was his Elliot Smith label, but um I've tried so hard I just can't get into them. 
Yeah, that's okay. You know, I feel like that, you know, <laughs> I don't <laughs> I know. know. I it like, bothers me. <laughs> oh yeah. You're like, damn it. What am I missing? What's wrong with I, me? I could I mean, I think that everyone's maybe, I don't know, kind of has that every like super music fan, like has that one thing. They're just like, I, I just don't get it. I'm yeah. sorry. You yeah. know, it's, you know, and, and a lot of it has to do with like when you find it. True. Right. It, and I'm pretty open to the idea that in like 10 years or five years or a hundred years from now, I'll put it on and, and it will, it will work. It will strike me and it will, yeah. I'll get it. I'll finally get it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think especially like a lot of people uh, that are fans like I am, like it was, we're definitely like teenagers <laughs> when, oh, it, when, I see. Right. when you find it, you know, yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, you might find a later appreciation for it. You just never know. No, that's keep a trying, good point. I suppose. And, and I, um, yeah, I will keep trying. I, I, the thing that um, I feel like I should like them is just because um, I love, you know, folksy singer songwriter, lo fi music. I love, like, I, you know, if somebody told me that they took an acoustic guitar to a back alley and r- wrote and recorded a record, I'd be all over it. And so I just feel <laughs> like, I'm like, I really should like this guy. Like, so yeah, he's surprised. like, eight, he's like, uh, you know, tape. Like eight track tape or something in his bedroom, you know. I know. I yeah. Anyway, so it's an Elliot Smith song. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. I'll have to look up that reference. I feel dumb for not knowing that, but that's great. Well, so what's okay? (laughs) It's not. No, it's not even like. I mean, it's not even like a major, you know, part of the song or anything, which kind of makes it, I guess, better. Maybe I don't know. (laughs) You know. No, I I I totally get what you're saying, and I probably would do the same if I was starting again. I would I would look for like a hidden clue in a yeah. you know for a label name that's great we had um last night from glasgow which was a scottish label on a couple of weeks ago and it's that's a lyric from an abba song which i had no idea uh, so. oh yeah i wouldn't have called that either actually <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so but it's probably it's a line and it's um yeah so it's probably a little bit and it's like obscured in the in the lyrics so that's i think that's what makes it cool yeah, like it's yeah. What do they call it? Like an Easter egg or something? Yeah, I don't exactly. I don't, I yeah. don't play video games. But. So how, <laughs> yeah, neither do I. So how how often do uh, do people catch it and be like, oh, Elliot Smith reference? Um, actually, only one person has oh, caught it. Did yeah, you and it was give like them a free T shirt. Yeah, I know, right? It was uh, <laughs> so I started the label and it was someone a coworker at like my day job who who like I think I think is an Elliot Smith fan, but like maybe not you know, super, yeah. super into music or anything. But wow. um, yeah, like she caught it and like she's the first wow. person to be like, oh, Elliot Smith, that's awesome. Oh, and then wow. last. Oh, like, <laughs> and the last. <you> know? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's It's awesome. not that people wouldn't get it, but it's like, you know, maybe if I threw it as a, like a trivia question or something, yeah. you know, yeah. um, people that wouldn't know me would, would I don't know. That's so funny. Maybe it's somebody like could just find somebody it. who you assume might not be a music fan at work. It's like the HR yeah. lady's like, oh, Elliot Smith, great. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> Good right, luck. right. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> so, what was the? Are you, did you say you're from Brooklyn? No, well, that's where I am now. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, but I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Um, okay, cool. Um, yeah. So, what was the genesis of the label? Like, I, I, I had a, a difficult time researching this label, and um, so please fill in all the blanks for us. Like, what was the? Sure. Where did the idea come from? And and. Take as much time as you want, because I'm kind of curious. This is my favorite kind of discovery is, is is like what put that seed in your mind? What gave you that confidence to do it? Or, or you know, what 
because a lot of people are musicians, a lot of people are love music or like to go to record stores, but to actually get into the administration, the logistics of making records, um, there it's a special kind of person. <laughs> so I'm just kind of <laughs> curious if you could kind of help fill in all these blanks. Yeah, sure. I think that the key word you said is confidence because I feel like I don't know. You have to like feel pretty special to like do anything new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have yeah. to like like I mean if I I mean I'd. I don't know. Maybe I'd like to meet the person that's just like, yeah, I could start a label tomorrow. Um, I mean, maybe <laughs> that person would be horrible because you know they, you know, they don't, you know don't think things through or are too confident in themselves. Sure. But but yeah, like I think it's it's the same story of just being like the record store kid. Um, I don't play music. I'm not a musician at all. Um, really? So maybe there's yeah. So there's wow. maybe like a part of yeah. That's <laughs> um, I gotta keep. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> sure, I gotta sure. keep track of that because. That's very rare that for me to hear yeah. that. But I mean, it's not it's not rare. I mean, I've heard it like 10% of the time, maybe 5% of the time, <laughs> but it always surprises me. Sorry, go on. Yeah, maybe that's like the answer to the question. It's just like, well, I don't make music, so like, how do I, yeah, how do I get closer true, to it? True, Um Yeah, and I think that can come in a lot of ways. And I don't, um, I don't necessarily think that like starting a label, like I think that confidence is the biggest thing. I don't think... I was confident enough, like I could do that. Like, um, like that's people in the magazines do that, or like, like how old am I? People in the magazines, like people on television, yeah. <laughs> you know, like people you hear of do that. Um, like it's like the logo on the back of the records that I buy, you know. Right. right. Um, so yeah, I think uh, like you know, being the music fan, you know, like I think I, you know, I I worked a little music supervision um, as an intern a few oh, years cool. ago, and like, yeah, and that would be like. If you ask me 10 years ago, that's what I was doing, you know, and I'm, you know, that would be maybe more the place, but I don't know. I think time and place with like having the confidence to do, do something and, and be around the right people for it. And I think New York's super cool for that. Um, in Brooklyn, especially, mm-hmm. um, just because and I'm, I'm only like, I'm on I'm almost seven years here, uh, but oh, I was in cool. Chicago before. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just seeing people. Um, do things that are like you, right? Like the right. visibility, right? So um, I had a couple friends in Chicago that like started labels um, or one that started a label and, and I'd known of a couple and, you know, just that realization, like, wait, you can just do that. Like you can just start a label. Like, <laughs> you don't need that's permission. People just do, right? You know, um, and I'm not running out, you know, some office space in the building yeah, and like all this true. stuff. It's like, no, yeah. you can actually do it. Um, but yeah, um, I think it's just being around the people um, that I was at the time. And the label kind of started um, at a bar in Bushwick in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, uh, you know, basically as like a, a like a hangout spot. Um, but I'm super into vinyl. Um, and luckily enough, um, I'm really into shoegaze and dream pop and, mm. and that kind of stuff. And um, so was the owner of this pub, you know. So um, I started doing like a Monday night residency there, just playing vinyl only, um, all that kind of stuff. That's cool. Um, yeah. And I think that that was like my first step into trying to do something um, to participate um, in music. And and so every Monday I just go play the records and then conversation started and people started coming at a, you know, on a Monday night. You know, yeah. <laughs> that were like, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, like, um, you know, just to come listen or to come hang. And, you know, a lot of those people were like music nerds like me. And I think we found like a community um, at that, at that place. And, um, you know, um, and then, you know, when those things happen, like that's when collaboration starts. Right. 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 Um, So so you've always had this like 
need to desire to share music that you've discovered? Yeah. I mean, I think like there's, I think that, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, when you hear music for the first time, that's like different than, you know, what your parents were always listening to or like Mm. something from the radio or like whatever, like you realize there's like more to music out there and like you want to dive into that rabbit hole. Right. Like if you're that kind of person that actually wants to dive in, I feel like you, you like whether you become a musician or something, work at a record store or something like you always want like to be part of it in some way. Right. Right. Like that rabbit hole. Right. And then, and then getting the joy out of like discovery, um, turning into sharing with everybody. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. if you, like, I feel like, you know, that's all I've ever wanted to do is find a way to share it. And like, was it starting a label right away? Like, no, like, I don't think, I felt like that was too big or something. I don't know. Let, let me ask you a question. I just want to pause the story and I want you to keep going, but I, I want to ask you a question. Do you see yourself as an entrepreneur or or does that word bother you? <laughs> I don't think, I mean, I don't think it bothers me, but I feel like, I don't know, when I hear that word, I feel like somebody trying to make, like make money as the first, okay. like as the first oh, thing, trying, like okay. as the goal. Okay, cool definition. Yeah, okay. I, like, what do you think? When you well, it? I don't know. I, I I'm just curious. Um, I mean, uh, entre- I was just I just finished a book called The Soul of the Entrepreneur, which is a great book. But in and it kind of dispels that myth of like a lot of us think of like Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, like basically like the startups in Silicon Valley and mm-hmm. assholes, and and so I feel <laughs> like. I, I, but there is something about okay. Now, yeah, money first. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that. I I, I don't think that money first. I feel like, because um, you had said, here's the reason I ask. Like, you had said um, something earlier that just kind of triggered it where it was like, there's certain people who will like create something or certain people who feel like they can make something. And that's just kind of what triggered that that word for me was, that you know, like most people would just be like, I can't start a record label. I can't start a business. Like I need to yeah. go and get a job and and cash my check every week. And so I don't know. I just feel like to me, an entrepreneur is someone who's just like takes an alternate route in life. I guess that's that would be my definition. Oh. I mean, that's awesome. I love that actually. Yeah, like that was my bias. Is sort of like entrepreneur means like I plan to support myself and make money off the idea that I have, and, and that's it. Right, kind of thing, and maybe you know? that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's multiple definitions, but yeah, and that is certainly, I'm sure that's certainly a factor, like versus working for the man, quote unquote. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, okay, but yeah, I, I just, I guess, I'm just kind of in this context. I think of it as like not playing by the rules, like taking chances, um, being creative, not just artistically, but in life. Is yeah, that I love that. I love that. I, I mean, I guess. I mean, I, I like. I have a day job. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. If I'm like really do. like going for. It. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. And I also, yeah, uh, and I also think like you know, like, are we wise? Like, if we like, are taking chances and making our own path, like, yeah, that's true. you know, we're not we're not in it for the big bucks. Like, yeah. let's be real. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, that's super interesting. Um, like. I don't know. Like you just mentioned reading something. Like what was the book again? That you it was said, called The Soul of the Entrepreneur by David Sachs. We've actually had him okay. on the show uh, because he also authored a book called The Revenge of Analog, which was the studying like the popularity of vinyl and the resurgence oh, cool. of notebooks and, and anything physical. Very, very great that. author. <laughs> I love the dude. Um, 
and uh, but yeah, it's a good book. It's a very good book. It's um, not like it's not uh, a Silicon Valley business book. It's uh, right. Like, yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, that's cool. I feel like like you mentioned a book like that book that influenced you, and like and believe me, I have not like finished this book. I don't know the whole thing, but mm-hmm. it was it was it was called like a great good place or something. Oh, it was a book about um, like the third place. In your life, like yes. you have home and work, yeah. and then you have the third place, right? Oh, like oh. in Germany, it used to be like beer gardens, but it, you know, wasn't about getting drunk. It was like the family hung out, yeah. and like the beer was last, and it was like the, having a third place, yes. um, which would be like you know your pub or your like venue or whatever. Uh-huh. And I feel like to me, like that's more what you know. I like to I, I like to do with the label, which is you know sad these times, but um, is to you know. I don't know, collaborate with people. And like, that's what kind of the bar is called the Rookery in Bushwick where the label started. And that's sort of like, um, that was the meeting place, that's right? Like on place. Mondays that was, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And like, you know, bands create third places for people. Music does. Amazing. Right. You so know, in like, this book, I'm going to get this book. Is this, did, I mean, I've heard the third place in reference to Starbucks, like, uh, like 20 years ago. <laughs> like I, I thought that they kind of almost coined the phrase, like, because, like, you know, I don't know how old you are, but like, it, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, you d- you could go to a restaurant, but there wasn't a place you could just go sit down and relax. Or maybe a right. club, like if you were rich or something, but yeah. like <laughs> you had like the watering hole and then you, but for people who weren't alcoholics, you didn't really have a place to just go and, and relax. Um, so I've heard that term before, but but in this context, it can be like, not a physical location. It can actually just be like, are you saying it could be like a group of people or a, like a... Yeah, I mean, a- I, like you think about it in a physical location, but like, I don't know. Um, yeah, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't physical, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to speak to like the community yeah. that a label brings like more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. And that being the idea behind it. And this book's like super old. Um, I don't remember who wrote it. Maybe I'll, I'll follow up with you. With you. <laughs> I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, also, I'll look for, it up. Forgive me if it's, if it's horrible. Uh, no, I just okay. remember that's taking okay. that that idea from it. Yeah, yeah, that's um, great. Okay, continue like, on your journey. I'm sorry oh, yeah, to get like, so oh. philosophical here. <laughs> no, I love this. Um, and also like no one knows that I like, tuned into like Emily O'Brien's life story. You know? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> let's talk about the label. Um <laughs> for a second um but yeah uh the back to the story oh yeah just uh i knew a couple people that worked at indie labels or did pr or whatever just as as hangout buddies um and yeah uh, an artist came up that needed a vinyl press um and being a vinyl dj uh my friend uh andy wilson who at the time was working at cassine records but um they do pr um and management, all sorts of stuff now. Um, but uh, they brought this artist to me, and uh, they they were on Electrical Sound, which I I don't think they're a label any longer. Um, they used to be. Okay. Either way, they needed the vinyl pressed, um, and I was like, well, maybe I can do it. Oh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you know, um, in Dream of Dreams, like I'll just go out and press every record that should be on vinyl, where these indie artists or indie labels don't have like you know, the backing or the desire, sure. you know, yeah. like I'll just, that'll be, that'll be what the label is. You know, the That's label awesome. will be like a physical thing, which is so cool. Right. Yeah. What an idea. Amazing. And <laughs> being a vinyl DJ and have an outlet to play it and promote it. Like, oh, this is the first thought. Um, uh, and then like you press your first round of vinyl, you're like, Oh, 
Oh, that's how that's how much that costs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I get that surprise every time I get an estimate for a project. I'm like, oh, I forgot. Yeah. I forgot yeah. it's gut wrenching. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, how do I distribute that? <laughs> Tapes, it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so that's kind of how the label began, and um, yeah, Andy and I, you know, like. It, it was loose like we kept it as like you know because she um does like a lot of pr um she was working for pr at the time it's so like okay well she would do the pr and i do the admin stuff um so yeah so like um, yeah she still worked on almost every release pr wise but um the label's really just um like like me um and then all awesome people collaborating that are good at like what they do yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, I've been there too. And I think it's so great to have, like, especially somebody to help with the PR because I've, I've always found like PR is kind of like after you've, you know, you've courted the artists and you've, you've come to an agreement and you've helped them put a record together and you've helped them manufacture it. And, and maybe you were even involved in the tracking or the mixing or mastering or whatever. But I feel like once you get to this, promotion stage and that's really where the artist has um high expectations of you yeah but like i just feel like i'm so burnt out by then and you know my <laughs> entrepreneurial spirit is like looking for the next to start the next project sign the next band so having like someone in pr to hand the baton off to i'm envious of that oh it's a dream right so like cool. it, it, and, and, and pr is tricky too like it's not a, a job for like the week no, <laughs> you know like no. because it is, it is true. Like my favorite part, like of running a label is like meeting the art, like finding the artists, like at a show somewhere and meeting them and getting to know them. Um, and you know, doing all this stuff and we get to be on such good terms. And I, I really try to become friends with everyone I release, um, in some way, you know, just mm-hmm. because it's so personal, yeah. um, to release somebody else's music, um, that when it comes to PR and, and things aren't happening or things aren't clicking the way, you know, maybe we thought or, you know, the way they hoped is just, it's, it's tough, yeah. you know, cause nothing's, yeah. nothing's guaranteed, you yeah. know. It's um, totally out of your, out of your control. I mean, there's so absolutely. much that's in your control early on, but then, then you just kind of throw it out to the gods at that point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, like the one person that could have written something to, make it all okay is sick that day. You know what oh, I mean? Like yeah. it's just, it feels yeah. just like so, so random at, you know, at yeah. times. Um, I, so uh, I give it to PR people because they have to take a lot of rejection and they totally. have to like really handle people's, you know, expectations. You know? I released a record, my own record um, a couple years ago and I had this contact at Apple Music and they had been really supportive of of my music and my label's music leading up to, and they'd done some really incredible things for us. And so I was preparing my record and it was like a month away or two months away. And I sent it to this person and they were like pretty much my only like ace in the hand. Like I didn't really have any other contacts. This was just a great contact. And I got this auto response that they were on mat leave. And I was like, oh no, uh, <laughs> like for a year. I'm like, like oh congratulations, no. Congratulations, but oh yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, good for, good for them. Good but for you. Good for you. <laughs> have a lovely family, but I got a record over yeah. here. Ah. Yeah. That was, that was such a, but you know, that just goes to speak to like the nature of like, like you said, they're sick that day. And then your yeah. email just piles up with all their other stuff. Brutal. 
I know. And like, you know, you can't, I don't know if you've had experience with like tying it back to um, actual like, like results or streams or, you know, mm. sales or, right. um, or not. It's kind of hard to oh, tie PR sure. back, but yeah. Um, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. sometimes you get lucky and you can, you can be like, oh, we're on this playlist. We're getting all these streams from this playlist. We're on this playlist because of this person and this person is friends with this band member. But like, yeah, totally. most of the time you, you have no clue. Yeah. So it's hard too, but um, I think it makes the artist feel really good. And I, I do think it helps. I mean, I think sharing, you know, the music, it all helps. So. Yeah. Oh, sure. So um, when you, yeah. when you uh, came up with the idea in a pub, this this drunken evening, <laughs> what year, what year was this? Can you take me back? Oh yeah. Um, this is probably uh, the summer of 2017. 2017. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah, that's when you registered your um your Twitter account. That was like my uh, oh. <laughs> my, my private eyes. I'm so bad at Twitter. I'm the worst. <laughs> yeah. I gotta get better at Twitter. Same, same, same. same. <laughs> um, I'm just like I'm just like old enough not to be good at it. I same, like. <laughs> same. I always, yeah, I hate it. I I'm, uh, I feel I'm feeling a little more comfortable. I, I think my uh, my uh, my gift is just to listen and to like things and to retweet occasionally. And but anytime I try to be funny, I always come off as being mean, and and then I delete it. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man! Oh, this is not working. Yeah, yeah. this is not working. So well, 2017. Guess, okay. Oh yeah. So yeah. four years coming up. Yeah, the first release was actually weird enough. We're speaking on January 19th. And that's the three-year anniversary of the first release. Today, oh, okay. Actually. Wow. Yeah. Wait, today? It's hard to know. Yeah, Is it three anniversary right? of the... Oh, 19? look at that. I know. This is... Serendipitous. This is amazing. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so the... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So the Suno Deco release came out. Yeah. Um, three years ago today. So it was just a vinyl. Yeah. What was that? And uh, how, how have the vinyl releases going for you? Because um, you... I think I'm skipping ahead of my questions here, but like I, I don't know okay. if um, you like how you feel about formats, or if you had had thought we want to be homogenous in our formats, or if we're going to try everything. What you started off as a vinyl DJ, so obviously vinyl is you know is great, but it comes with tons of of problems and challenges. Yeah. So, uh, what uh, what drives like what format you choose for a record? Yeah, I mean, I think vi ideally vinyl would be, you know, the place to be for us, you know, every yep, time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you have to worry about distribution and all that stuff. And like, um, you probably know, I mean, I think everyone knows that you do sit on some stock, you know? Um, <laughs> Sometimes know, literally. Like <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Where, like, where, like where, where are you at? You're in, you're in Canada, right? In yes. Calgary or something? Or? Uh, pardon? Uh, Canada. Uh, no, where I'm in Toronto. In Toronto, okay, Area. cool, cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, so like broken apartments, just like, oh, cool. Well, <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> yeah this, is, this is the furniture. That's nice. That's a, yeah. good. Go sit That's over good. there. On our first release, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's, that's amazing. Yes. Yeah. So true. In uh, trying to avoid that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would love to do a vinyl for everything. I think it's hard for EPs. Um, and I do like to do like full releases. Like I don't really, I haven't yet done just like a single release okay. on anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm a big album fan. So um, yeah. So with the EPs, it, it doesn't make sense for margin. It makes sense, you know. Yeah, um, right. It's, it's tough. It's tough for the fans, right? Like the fans, mm -hmm. because there's no price difference, right? On a 12 inch, like for how many tracks you put right. on it. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is also a fun thing to find out, right? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, for full lengths, I would like to always do vinyl. I think that, you know, COVID's changed that um, because I feel like, you know, everyone about says this, that, you know, 60% plus is at shows oh, that people buy anything. Yes. Um, and I love the idea of a tape, but obviously, like, that's maybe a show souvenir more than people are actually listening to it. Sure. Um, and I like something, yeah. And I, yeah, I like something physical, but um, yeah, I would prefer vinyl all the time. Yeah, uh, Bandcamp Fridays, however, have been helping a lot. Um, great with vinyl sales. That's um, great. Yeah, um, I love what they're doing there. So, yeah, the dream would be vinyl only. Um, I think tapes are, tapes are great, and actually, like, need one CD, and like CDs did well. Um, yeah, and and yeah. not in, because I'm like I don't drive like I'm in New York. Um, I was in Chicago before. Like I don't drive, you know, like sure. we don't drive a lot. But like if you go to the middle of the country, like people buy them. Like yep. they still have CDs in cars. Oh you yeah, know? yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean it's like uh, for sure. Yeah, I mean just like new cars now are are stopping with CD players. But yeah, I think it's. Um, I've heard they still do well, and you can easily ask ten bucks for an album on CD. And totally, and like not every fan is the same. You know, we always think yeah. we know our archetype, but like you know, like you said, geography. But also, sometimes somebody comes to the show; they're there to support their friends uh, or a friend of a friend. And they might see a tape, and to you and I, we understand the culture of tapes, but they might see a tape and be like, what the hell? And Or even a vinyl. They might be like, oh, vinyl's coming back. That's interesting. <laughs> but like, yeah. And so for like a CD, it's just right up their alley, you know? Yeah, they're like, oh, I could play this. Or like, oh, I think my friend would like this that lives totally. back in Ohio. Or yeah. like, and I yeah. feel like, like even with like, like my mom or something, I'm like, oh, you want to listen to this release I put out? Like, yeah. she's like, no. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but like, you know, like uh, if it was on CD, like, uh, you know, she probably would, you know, take a spin. Oh, sure. So, I don't know. Yeah. I can't understand the words. So yeah, mom, I know. Always that's says. always a thing. I can't hear what they're saying. <laughs> that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't I don't have any problems with CDs. I, I mean, I just think, um, and they're they're pretty cheap to, I mean, they've gone down yeah. considerably. So right. I think like 250 bucks for 50 or something like that is pretty normal. Yeah, I'm actually thinking, and, and artists kind of look at me crazy too, but I'm actually thinking just like, why not? Like, have you ever done something that's just like a short run with, with like CDs and tapes? Have I? Like just like 20 or like yes. 30? Oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm actually working on something right now and I'm, I'm consider it's a full length for the fall and I'm considering... Um, vinyl just because I feel uh, I feel pressured and I I just I want I really want it so bad but I know mm -hmm. I'm gonna like eat eat it on it <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. but I'm, I'm also too. <laughs> yeah but I'm also thinking I'm thinking of tapes and CDs so I'm thinking about doing uh, as few CDs as I can I'm actually thinking about do like trying to do the CDs in house. And oh yeah, and then and then cassettes probably pay someone to do maybe like thirty or forty, but yeah, like short runs of everything. And I'm actually, uh, I've I've been thinking. I found a like a lathe cutting, a stereo lathe cutting person who's local. So I've been even thinking about Ooh. like what about short runs of everything? And I mean, I don't know. You're maybe not going to make a huge profit, but at least you can release right. three formats. Well, yeah, they have the um, like the hundred minimum. Um, 
like vinyl press. You just like you like you hit it on the margin, right? Yeah, like yeah. I mean, the margin. It's like fourteen dollars a record or something. As soon of, as like, you keep one for yourself, then you've lost money. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's kind of how 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 it goes. So yeah. <laughs> I, I looked into those two, and I was like, ah, shit. Like I, I guess know. I'll just spend the I'll spend the few hundred more to get the full uh, run, and then it's furniture, like you said. But yeah, sometimes I <laughs> sometimes I feel like releasing on vinyl or releasing on a, any format is kind of like a promotion. It's like a paid promotion for the digital. So like, mm. I feel like if I did a cool vinyl package, the diehard fans could buy it, people at shows on Impulse, maybe in a local record store. But I feel like the amount that you shared on social media, it acts as like this repetitive banner for Spotify. So somebody might see a nice looking cassette and they like the artwork and the like the way it's put together, but they're not going to shell out fifteen bucks for some a record they've never heard. But they'll be more compelled to go check it out on Spotify than if you just posted a link to Spotify. I don't know. That's like a theory, but I just kind of feel no, like you know. I think that's genius. I think that's yeah. I think that's brilliant. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a theory, but yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I I see that for sure. You know, it's not about selling. It's yeah, it's a promotional tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I have stopped um, in my tracks about physical when it they require different templates uh-huh. for the art. True, okay. and sometimes like the artist doesn't have that, and that's yes. like a little bit of a holdback. Yeah, no, and and even um, if you're paying a designer, all of a sudden, you know, it might be a couple right. hundred bucks for one format, and that. But yeah, the templates are all over the place. Oh, that's a good. Point. Yeah, that's a good. So that's point. just like a consideration from that part. But yeah, I think. I think what you're saying about just promoting the vinyl or especially because I've had like such beautiful artwork come across and we didn't press it on vinyl and I just feel like so sad about it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I've like, been oh. there too. Yeah. I was like, it's so gorgeous. Like we should be able to hold it in our hand as a record. We really should. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I think just kind of going back to that, like to the point of using them as promotional tools, like I, I feel like be if you press like a decent amount, like 200 to 300, then you can be a little bit more liberal with giving them away too. So go to your record store and you know I'll, I'd give like two to sell and one for them to keep or to give away as a contest or something like just to like because you have so many and you know they're going to be furniture anyway. Then yeah. you might as well bless people and say, hey, let me just send you a record or whatnot. You know, right? And you give them to the record store and they play them in the store, which yeah. is is great. That's um, right. And also anytime like. Anytime a publication writes about one one of the artists, I want to send them something to thank them. Yeah. You know, like yeah. and I think like sending someone a vinyl or like you know if you get a sync or you know like whatever yeah. it might be, whoever helped you out or supported you along the way. It's, I know it's, it, yeah. it goes a long way. Yeah, not for every like blog or whatever, but or every tweet, but like definitely, I know what you mean. People who have made an impact, it's like I just yeah. want to say thank you, and and they would totally appreciate it. Absolutely. So good for that as well. Let me ask you, what kind of obstacles did you encounter in the beginning? Uh, like, I'm kind of curious what type of obstacles new labels face today. You know, when I was starting out, it was things like financial obstacles or gatekeepers or whatnot. But like, are, are there are there things that um, kind of get in your way at all? Yeah, I mean, like, I was, I guess I was pretty, I've been pretty slow um, about releases, so. Um, you know, so it wasn't like I was trying to do too much and, and things got in the way that way. Mm-hmm. I think, I think you know, I, you could probably benefit from like 
an accountant and a lawyer eventually, yeah. you know, like all yeah. these different little things. Like I wish I knew Photoshop better. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like I wish yeah, totally. there's a little things. Um, I think like timelines, obviously, I think everyone will say like they underestimate, you know, um, how long things can take to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially right. with like, especially with like vinyl press, for example, you uh-huh. know, like giving yourself enough lead time and things like that. Um, I think getting like a digital distri- or a physical distributor for, for physical stuff, um, is like a big thing um labels mm. have like knowing that if they press vinyl or something that 50 are going out the door no matter what yeah you know like that kind of thing yeah just making those connections and understanding who to trust like would you have a digital distributor or not like i just feel like i saw like these little like not gatekeepers that's the wrong word but um not obstacles obstacles not even the right word either but like these next steps that you see other people doing that you want to take you know what i mean yeah and just figuring out the best way to get there so that you can feel confident that if someone signs to your label that like you're doing them like you're doing right by them i guess yeah no that's a good point yeah i think we all have those like little things that we envy from other labels yeah that it's like oh man i should probably have that by now (laughs) yeah i know i know um yeah, so like a little bit like that. But I mean, I kind of took it easy, you know, like obviously like the obstacle of like, I think I ordered too many vinyl, you know, uh, <laughs> at first, you know, like I think everyone kind of makes that little mistake. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's all a learning process. It's so easy to overestimate who will buy your records. And, you know, I have friends who have released records and I don't have a copy of it because I just... I didn't go to the show where they were selling it and, yeah. or I, you know, I mean, I really only buy like one record a month, like yeah. at that even. And so like, I, like, you know, I just feel like I try to tell this to artists when they're like, let's do 500. And I'm like, hold on a second. I'm like the vinyl resurgence isn't as like widespread as you th- might think it is. And even the people that you know, who have turntables, like they still have to like pull out their wallet and give you 25 bucks. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's easier said than done. Yeah. Like you think 500, like that's nothing. I'm like, that's a lot. Yeah. 200 <laughs> yeah. is a lot. 200 a lot. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, so, so you yeah, said so you like, experienced about 60% at shows or did you say 40? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I would say probably. That's fair. Yeah. yeah I think, you, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd say so. Um, especially if they're, the band's touring, you oh, know, yeah. um, yeah. that's, that's, that's everything. So, so yeah, uh, I was actually lucky though. The second release I did, I co-released with father daughter records. Oh, no way. I love that. Yeah. That's with awesome. Jesse and Tyler. Yeah. Great. So I kind of like, I feel like I was lucky to like take class yeah. <laughs> you know, from yeah. like the people that are just so amazing and kind and open and yeah. smart and know what they're doing. You I, know? I've interviewed both of them and I've, so I've taken a, a 60 minute lecture from both of them and oh, yeah, not awesome. a bad lecture. Yeah. Like not, I wasn't yeah, lectured, no, no. but yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. they're so great. Um, I recommend that like reach out to labels that you like that, are, you know, that know what they're doing. I don't know. Yeah. Like I love collaborating like that. It yeah. goes back to the community thing that I'm, in this for like that's why I'm here, mm. you know, to bring the community of people together. I've been hearing, um, I've heard of that quite a bit along this journey about labels that will team together, and sometimes it's two big labels, and sometimes it's a medium-sized label and a big label, or some, you know. But I, I would encourage, like, I mean, I've never done it, so I'm, but you have, and you're promoting it. But I just think it's, I think it's a great idea, um, and uh, 
yeah, I think more people should do it, especially if if it spreads the risk, spreads the you know the the financial responsibility, and and it, it doubles the reach. I think it's great. Right. Yeah, and I think that like I, I actually think to the artist it's sort of confusing, you know, because mm-hmm. um, they're like, well, what, like who does what, and like right. whatever. It's like, well, we'll do whatever we're strong at, which means like whatever. Like it's my <laughs> second release, and it's father daughter records. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, you know, like I'm definitely like I'm, I'll like, just uh, sweep the floors over here, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, but really, like in just having like the enthusiasm of like maybe a newer label, and then like one last lot of ours, you know, like whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Yeah. And those team ups, like I don't know, like I would love, I, lo- I love collaborations like that. Um, yeah, because you're right. Like half the financial costs, double the reach. The artists can get, you know, whatever each label is good at. Um, you learn from each other. You double your community. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, uh, let's move on from obstacles, and 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 now we're talking on a more positive note. What does a win look like for your label? Like, what kind of things put gas in your tank and uh, to encourage you to to keep going? Um. I think when, like, when the artist is super stoked about it, like, that's mm-hmm. my litmus test. Okay. Um, super stoked about yet, what? Like, about, like, the fact that they partnered with us. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, like, with how it's going and okay. everything. Because I feel like, if anything, like, we're we're their messenger, right? Yes. Like, we're, yes. we're their, that it's their their music. Um, and that's great. I mean, obviously like I hate myself for saying this, but like up, you know, a great playlist yeah, hit on no, Spotify. No. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, blah, blah. You no, know, <laughs> I totally agree. I mean, it, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, you know, like that's like kind of like the biggest one because I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, it shows, um, some potential for discovery and, and also, you know, revenue. It's and, revenue. Yeah. Um, yeah. you oh, know, yeah. um, but like big like editorial things like when uh, like a publication that I've loved forever writes about it like that's a win. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. My win was always the release show. Oh really? But, uh, yeah. Oh, um, I'm never into those. Good for you. No. No, well, I I don't know why I'm just a hermit. But I go on. Tell um, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I mean, part of this is like the social aspect for me mm-hmm. um, and like the reason that I felt like maybe confident about like starting a community around the labels. Cause like that, you know, like that's my favorite part of it. It's yeah. like the being at the show and like, you know, like the artists can invite their friends and like you're at the show and like have a big party about it. And I don't know. I feel like it makes a very digital only feeling sort of music industry feel real. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, Cause we spend so much time like, like, that reading, I don't know, like like endless social media feeds, mm-hmm. um, just like oh, I got this many likes on this video I released, or like this many um, views on YouTube, or you know, yeah. whatever. But like the, I don't know, the release show makes it feel like okay, like this is actually a real thing. Um, yeah, and a lot of people show up. Like that's I don't know the biggest compliment, you know. Well, getting fifty plays on like streams on YouTube of a video or something is is nothing compared to 50 people in a room. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's so interesting. It's kind of beautiful about, I mean, we talked at the beginning about how <laughs> you are, your job or, or your, you feel compelled to share music with people. And then when I asked you your wins, a, a lot of them was just anything that affirms your, you know, this, this music or your mission and, 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 uh, 
and affirms uh, that you picked the right band. You know, if the bands are stoked, if people come to the shows, if a blog, you you know, I just think that's great. And I'm totally, I'm totally with you on that. It's like, I just, I discover a, a band or I, I, I hear a record and I'm like, this is beautiful. And I just want the world to agree with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, please tell me I'm not crazy. <laughs> oh my God. Absolutely. You know, it's just sort of like, oh, okay, well, yeah. Like I wasn't crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's like a first thing. Yeah. But it's also it. like I'm, it's also like I'm not crazy. Like they're awesome. Like everyone needs to like people yeah. need to hear this, yeah. you know? Yeah, totally. Um Yeah. I think like like even thinking to start a label was when you like see a really underattended show with somebody amazing on the stage. Right. Yeah. You're like, this yeah. is existing in the world and nobody is is oh, here for it. Like yeah. somebody's gotta, you know. I've been Someone's got to help that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so sad. Yeah. And and so your strengths are then like the personable side of things, like like meeting with the artists and, and liaisoning with them or being at shows. Is that is that correct? Am I pulling that right? Yeah. I mean, like I, w- I would definitely say that. Like I, I'm very passionate about like getting everyone together to hang out. <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. you know, like I'm very passionate about getting people out. I think a lot of people want to do that and maybe don't know where to go or or like, you know, like how to do that, you know. But mm-hmm. then there's other people like me that are maybe a little more introverted that like need that right. um kind of community and that kind of place. My favorite thing is like getting people to show up somewhere and um and and be happy about it. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um I mean, as we're recording this, like we're a year from almost a year from that being legal uh, how like how is how are you coping with that i mean yeah let's like it all the uh extroverts on the line i think uh, <laughs> um my partner is actually uh an introvert and i'm like is this what it feels like like when you don't want to go to the party like, yeah. <laughs> is this like is this like the, the depression when you have to go to the party is how you feel right. it's like yeah, yeah it's like the reverse you know yeah, that's it's like oh right. uh, I'm dreading this party. I'm like, I'm dreading being inside any longer, you know? Crazy, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it, it, it's sad. It, it definitely, you know, it it takes what I started this about, like, you know, um, you know, obviously COVID takes that away. And mm-hmm. um, it's not the biggest thing. Like, obviously, that's like a bigger deal. But yeah, I mean, no, I'm no, so I looking forward to everyone getting back together. And like, there was a lot of like live streaming the beginning of this, the beginning of quarantine and stuff like that. It's just, um, I don't know, like, have you checked out a lot of that live live streaming stuff? No, no. Yeah. And I haven't really either, you know, like, I feel like being near people and bouncing things off each other and like the excitement of the show and stuff, I feel like um, that's what I'm most excited about, I guess. Yeah. I, um, I'm a, like a part of me has found it really a relaxing this year to not have to make up an excuse to not go to my friend's show. <laughs> so I am definitely a homebody. I, I usually will have side. a nap and like wake up and get dressed and go to a show. But um, like uh, at the same time, I now feel like as soon as they open the floodgates, I'm probably going to just be buying tickets left, right, and center. Like I'll just be going to see everyone. Oh, yeah. Big or small. Oh, yeah. Same. Me too. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. And to be able to support artists again, oh, in, yeah. in more of a way, right? So if you you survive, you're surviving though. I, I assume, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I mean, yeah. do you think there'll be takeaways from like? Do you think there'll be a good 
good things from from the pandemic or or sorry, I shouldn't say pandemic, but from the from the the lockdown and the change of our culture and society. But do you think there'll be some takeaways in the music industry or for you guys that will like good things that you can take with you into the post-pandemic world? I mean, I think there's like an element of gratefulness for sure. Yes. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Like, I think it's gonna be all going to be different. Like, I don't know about in Toronto, but like in New York, like these venues are just dropping. Oh, totally. You know, like yep. it's um, it's wildly sad. Um, there are like third places or like, you know, like yeah. that are just uh-huh. slowly disappearing. Um, so yeah, I think there's a sense of gratefulness. I think... Um, I don't know. I think that maybe more people will actually go support like their artists that they were like, oh, I like them, but they'll be back in town like next week. Like, I think there's a preciousness and stuff that people are taking away from this. Um, I know that a lot of artists I talked to um, definitely felt pressured to be more creative um, during lockdown because obviously they had the time, the space, and, and you know, all these things. Yeah. Um, and some have. Yeah. So I think there might be some cool quarantine projects coming out of it. Oh, yeah. But as far as the learning, you know, like, you know, I think I learned like why I'm in this and it's the connection with the people on the label. Yeah, and, right. Um, you know, um, yeah, I guess I'm just excited for it. I don't really know. I don't really know what I'm going to take for it. I can tell you later after it's over. <laughs> yeah, though I think we all can. <laughs> I think we'll all. Yeah, in five years we'll be like, oh, here's what we learned from that. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I totally agree, and I I do hope. I I feel like I'm going to be grateful for the record stores and for the venues that are still there, and um, definitely not take things for granted anymore. Yeah, I think that's the biggest deal. Um. um you you mentioned online that your label is a female and queer led label. Is that distinction important? Like an important form of of representation for you in the music scene? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm a female. I'm a queer person. Um, yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's like probably the oldest story in time of like the scene or like the DIY venue or something that's just like a bunch of cis white dudes. Yes. Like not the yes. you know like yeah, exactly like and that's the majority of everything. And yeah. Like, I know there's definitely, like, a handful of labels that are run by women um, now, um, but they're a lot fewer than maybe even some people might think. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know, like, it's not, I, I think the, the purpose of the labels to be inclusive, um, and I think that's a message that has come in so strong, like, in the last, like, five years or so. Yeah. Um, and, and all labels are trying to be like that. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just... A representation of like a different group of people putting something out yeah. than usual, yeah. right? Like, um, and not to say like the majority like of our roster is female or queer identifying or non-binary, mm-hmm. um, but it's not to say that like the next band's not going to be like you know the same, you know, sure. the white dudes. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but <laughs> yeah, I think name. it is important to me because it, it's a white <laughs> well, there's that band like, like there's that band like the like white family or something. Oh. I don't know. They're like <laughs> a band. I don't know if you remember. No. Um, it's like an older band, like okay. an older folk band or something. Um, yeah. But anyway, oh, um, but yeah, that is important to me just because I feel like in the space has changed a lot in Brooklyn, especially, and it's more inclusive and, and something it used to be, obviously. Um, but yeah, it is an important distinction because I think that we come like come from like maybe a different place. I don't know. Um, yeah, 
because I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like too staunch about it. I don't want to be too like, I don't want to be exclusionary or anything. No, nope. just, yeah. um, it's important. Some people feel like safer in different situations. I 100% and we're agree. definitely yeah. a safe space. Um, you know, um, yeah. I, don't yeah, know. I, I think, think the approach great. that we, yeah, I think the approach that we take is like friendship and humanity first. And I think, um, yeah, we don't release a lot, but, um, like I, I know the people, I know the human beings mm -hmm. behind the music, um, before that goes out. Um, just because I feel like I want like everything to be a safe space that comes through the label and, um, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe well, I'm rambling. No, 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 no. It's great. I, 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 as you're talking and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I kind of feel like having a safe space for the artist is great. And that's something that hasn't existed before. And hopefully there's more and more of it happening. Um, but I, I also wonder if it provides a safe space for listeners as well. Like if, you know, if, if the li listeners find representation of themselves in the, in the music they listen to and the labels that they support, I imagine that's important. Absolutely. And yeah, I think a lot of it's about, you know, visibility as like an idea, right. Mm -hmm. Too, because, you know, even just saying like, why did you start a record label? You're not a musician. All this stuff. It's like, once I saw, other people like doing this, like I felt like I could do it or I felt like I could relate or whatever. Yeah. And um, yeah, I feel like having a label that's like mostly coming from, you know, these, these slightly different voices. I feel like, yeah, the listener has a safe space to like, um, yeah, I guess relate to the music yeah. that we're putting out. And I think it's very important, like anything we put out, whether it's, like a little like grungier or, you know, a little more dream pop or a little more folky. I feel like there's like, like regardless, I think the thread is like, there's a certain emotional intelligence in like the music and, and the mm -hmm. lyrics um, of the arts that we're releasing, um, which I think is really cool. Do you feel, I've asked this of, of lots of labels before and, and, and um, do you feel like there is a common thread uh, throughout your releases or, or throughout your artists? Yeah, and yeah, I would definitely say that it's like the 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 emotional, um, the emotional intelligence in the songwriting, whether it's like an unexpected lyric that comes out of nowhere that just like hits you, like oh, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, or right. um, it could be something instrumental. I don't know. Oh um, yeah, yeah, no, I get that, hundred percent. You know, like the wordless choruses. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went. Um, I went through a whole year. And it's still pr pretty prominent in my music listings, but I went through a whole year where I just couldn't stand anything with lyrics. Like I just was, or with like vocals. Like I just, <laughs> I felt like I was like, "Would you guys please shut up for a second? I'm trying to listen to music." <laughs> I just found myself every time I put something on with, with with vocals, I just was like distracted. But so I get your point. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I really like, and there are exceptions, but I really hate songs that are like with a, a person's name. <laughs> okay. Oh, you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when it's like Brandy or a Fine Girl or whatever. That's you like mean, the first one that comes to my head. But wait, like wait, wait. when it's like so, like when it's they a give song the title. The song title yeah. is someone's name. Yeah. I am a hundred percent in line with you. <laughs> okay, nice. I got to say this story, but I'm not going to use the name. But there is a um, a, a pianist uh, who. Um, like you know, a piano player who um, has has this beautiful instrumental record. It's like neoclassical record, and and it's um, just I absolutely adore this record. And the first song is the most beautiful song, and it's got like a million streams on Spotify. But it's the name of someone I worked with, <laughs> like in an <laughs> office, 
and it's and it comes up like when I'm driving the car or on my iPod, it just comes up like I put it on and there's that person's name staring back at me. And it bothers me so much, but it is the most <laughs> beautiful song in the world. <sighs> but I, yes, I 100%. Now I'm actually just thinking if I've ever released a song like that, I, I should double check. But I'm like, now that I said yeah, it, I'm, I'm like, oh shit, is there something on the label? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably have, so I'm definitely a hypocrite. Uh, but I, I, uh, I get what you're saying. I'm never going to do yeah. it again. Too specific. <laughs> Too specific. <laughs> make it my like. Let it, let me make it my own. <laughs> well, even uh, even like if um, yeah, and I think it's because you know, for me as a listener, I just like to take the music and the lyrics and 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 the more abstract the lyrics, the better, just so that I can like you know shoehorn it into whatever I'm feeling at the moment, and so. Yeah, if it's a song about Diane, I'm just like, this is not <laughs> like I can't, <laughs> right? you know. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm glad we are on the same page yeah. there. Okay. Also, apologies to all the wonderful songs, yes, out there <laughs> with people's names in them. Yes, I'm sure you had good intentions, but please <laughs> yeah. go and change the names now. <laughs> Reupload new versions. How Everything far? Everything should just be. Oh, go ahead. How far ahead are you um, making plans these days? Like, uh, you know, what does the, the rest of the year look like for you? I mean, I'm sure you heard a lot of people say that 2020 things got postponed. Yeah, um, yeah right. So, um, so, yeah. So, we released one thing last year and then um, stopped. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so, there... I'm still getting back to planning ahead really far because I feel like anything, um, you know, anything could happen these days, oh, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. yeah, but <laughs> we, um, we have an EP coming out. Uh, will be announced next week. Um, that's coming out March, 2021. I don't know when this is airing. Yeah. Maybe I don't know either. Good. Maybe like uh, a month from now. So this will be out in, in February yeah. sometime. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So something in March and then we're doing something else for the spring and then like second half is like TBD just because I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. Like I feel like everything is so unpredictable. Yeah. Um, and there's certain things I would release if like shows were going on that yeah. Um, yeah. I might not release in a, in a quarantine environment. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I, I, I'm prepping a record for October, but now you have me second guessing myself. But no, I'm just, don't, don't second guess yourself. I hope. Do you remember at the beginning of the pandemic back in March when when people were postponing their shows till June. I remember like everyone <laughs> yes. were like, okay, we've we've decided to postpone the tour till May and June. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh little did we know. Yeah. Naive babies. Yeah. Um and now people yeah, are gonna listen a- back to this and be like, oh remember when Scott thought releasing a record two and a half years after the pandemic started <laughs> was a good idea. What a dumb 2024, Scott, you idiot. Yeah. So you plan, but but you are planning. So you're kind of tentatively planning the fall. Yeah. So I'm I'm sure about two two releases in the first half. Um, But then, yeah, tentatively thinking about the fall for sure. Um, But yeah, I, I think something might come along. It's just, you know, like haven't, I haven't released. Well, I guess there was one thing last year, but just learning from releasing in this environment too. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I want to make sure that people hear it. Yeah, um, mm-hmm, totally. I feel like I, I always, I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious and, and I don't know, I'm curious your thoughts, but like, I, I wonder how much should I learn and adapt to this environment or should I just wait until it's over? Like, is it, you know? 
400%. Exactly. <laughs> you know, same. Yeah. Well, it's even like thinking about like, like structuring your whole label strategy around Spotify. Like that's going to be different in five years. Mm-hmm. Like who knows, you know? Yeah. yeah. People might be over it. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe got it, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Like, yeah, no, no, I know, um, you, I know exactly what you mean. I felt that this way from the beginning when I when I put out my first CD in like uh, twenty twenty or twenty 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 uh, <laughs> two thousand three or something or whatever. I put MySpace logo on the back of the record, and then amazing, the, or maybe even was it Pure Volume? Maybe do you remember Pure oh, Volume? Wow. Oh, barely. Yeah. yeah barely. <laughs> uh, but like my point is and then after that I would think it was Facebook or or Twitter or something. But like I always was just like, what do you put on the like the you know, like your URL, like come myspace.com slash. And so right. I was always changing that. And I got to a point, and I feel like Apple Music, Spotify has kind of settled for a little while, but I got to a point where it's like, you know, what do what do we promote? It changes every album every two years. Yeah. That always Who knows? Me. Like, I even feel that way about like my like URL for the website. Like, I feel like I should just direct everyone to Bandcamp because the, yeah. like it's so easy to listen to the music there. You know. Well, and to to Bandcamp's credit, I mean that's probably one of the only music online platforms that have like, you know, hit ten years and is still there and more relevant than ever. Yeah. I mean, even I, iTunes yeah, I mean, didn't I, last that long. Right. Maybe, wow, I don't that's know. right. Maybe they did. I don't know. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty nuts. I think like Bandcamp's just Bandcamp's like doing the the digital real life thing. I feel like I'm just like I it's know. like a record store. Yeah, it's like a community and a record store, like High Fidelity or like Empire Records. Like I feel like Bandcamp's like the digital version of that. Have you ever you been know? to their Oakland store? I've not. No, either have I. That's on my bucket list. Talk about a third place. Oh, I know. Right. God. Um, yeah. And they're doing the new thing where they're doing the vinyl pressing, which is super interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Now, you know, what's interesting about that? I actually thought about that right at the beginning of this conversation, because you had talked about, you, you had heard about a band who needed a vinyl pressing and you stepped up and, you know, there's a lot of dialogue going on about this vinyl pressing with Bandcamp and there's so much to be, so many questions I have. Um, but you know, one of the things, I mean, they are taking a, a cut, obviously, from mm-hmm. this process, but they are providing like the logistics and the production logistics, which is quite the headache. Like, it's just, it's um, <laughs> so if they're going to take a, a, you know, a significant distributor percentage to do drop shipping as well as to do to handle the manufacturing, uh, my God, like, like, yeah, go ahead, take. Take what you Take want. Take the cut. Take the cut. So, <laughs> what what kind of things? I, I mean, uh, that was amazing for you to take that that production uh, task from the bands. They must love that. Oh yeah, like that's yeah, it's wonderful. Um, I actually worked with Pirates Press. Okay. On that re- the first release too, it just was recommended to me, and I think yeah. that they're they're the band camp. Yeah, uh, I have heard that. One. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it was great. I mean, I don't mind it. I also feel like maybe there's something to be said for the fact that I've like had kind of like a corporate day job for um, the last ten years. So like maybe that kind of stuff of like the painstaking like emailing and all that stuff. Yeah, like, you're a responsible like, adult. Just, Is like, that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> no, <I'm> just, <laughs> I know how to email like, someone and get back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally. But I feel agree. like 
I don't know. I just feel like, you know, artists can go either, you know, one of two ways of being like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get that to you or like be on time and be ready. And like, that's really cool. But I just yeah. think some artists need a label because they do need somebody to step in and like, like manage deadlines and stuff like that. I feel like that's a lot of it, it sometimes. Yeah. You know what? It really is like hand holding and poking and like just saying, like, mm-hmm. hey, like, wake up. We need you to sign this. Like, like that's yeah. really <laughs> wake like, up. Give me, send me those. <laughs> Send me those I like lyrics. how you assume they were you assume they were asleep. <laughs> well, I, I meant it as like a metaphor, but yeah, no, it's yeah. they probably are. Yeah. Hey, wake up. It's early. <laughs> yeah. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. Wake but, up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, I mean that's they awesome. really do. And I and I think if you really boil down some of the label responsibilities, um, not just like overall handling of logistics, but yeah, doing just kind of doing those like little day-to-day things that artists really don't want to do, aren't very right. good at, and, and and in a perfect world shouldn't have to do if we want them focusing on their art, I guess. Sure. And I can't make a song, so. That's so cool. <laughs> like I'm happy yeah. to email on your. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I, I may I may go ahead and make a tally of all the maybe I'll put a little checkbox next to my desk of everyone who I talk to starts a label and <clears throat> but uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's great. I mean, I, to me, wh- what I love about it, I admire people like you more than artists because the artists I've talked to who have started record labels, they've started it because they're self-releasing their own music and they want to look legitimate. So they come up with a a label to make themselves look legitimate and so i th- i feel like for you you're coming at it from a different place you're coming at it about helping people um whereas us artists are coming at it from a selfish place so <laughs> i actually admire people like you more than the opposite well there's things like as an artist like you can understand that like i couldn't right like i'm like i don't know you know there's like little things i don't no, when it comes to explaining the music or you know what I right. mean. So yeah. It's like a there's a huge strength in an artist running a label for sure. Well and the, but at the same time, I mean to have someone who's not bogged down by the creative and the subjectivity of things, uh, you know, and can can probably have a clear head. Um, I feel like that it would be nice to have somebody like that in a lot of uh, the arguments I've had with artists, you know. <laughs> somebody who can yeah. just <laughs> you know, be a, a healthy moderator. Right. <laughs> so neutral. <laughs> Can't help it. Yeah. Emily, this has been so fun chatting with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing you too. it. It's been a blast. This is great. Thank you all for listening. Please subscribe. Please leave a comment if you use YouTube to listen to this uh, podcast. Um, and, and I'll get back to you. Um, please leave a review on iTunes. That would be really nice. And one of the, the, the greatest things you can do for the show is to promote it amongst your industry industry friends and colleagues. And, um, and you can share it on Twitter. Um, you can connect with, with me on Instagram at other record labels. Um, and you can visit our website where you can download a bunch of free resources and check out the things we have there at otherrecordlabels.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Stay in touch.